0: It's time for the Hockey Minute. Your source for all your hockey news and some opinion. Strap in for the fastest news in the NHL. This episode is proudly brought to you by... Absolutely Nobody. We don't have any sponsors.
1: Now here's your hosts, Brandon and Ryan. And here we are... Welcome back to another edition of the Hockey Minute. I am your host, Brandon. With me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. And today we've got Jacob Ennis from the Talkin' Sauce podcast to break down all things hurricanes. But first, please, give us a rating and subscribe on Apple. It really helps us grow the show. All right, before we get into our interview with Jacob, let's check in with my co-host, the man too jacked to walk straight through a doorway. Ryan, how you doing, man?
0: Oh, Dude, I'm on like a fast food hangover here. I was... uh I'm a roly-poly, I'll put it that way. I uh, <laughs> ate a lot of fast food last night, went to bed, so uh, it's not being uh, too jacked, that's the problem walking through the door, it said, I'm just too wide right now, too, <laughs> too, uh, too fat, you could just roll me through. But uh, I'm excited for this interview, man. We're going to get into some canes talk, and we have a great guest on today. Well, I've got to tell you, Ryan, you're, uh, you're kind of killing my image of you here, man. I've been just expecting you to be ready <laughs> for this podcast. You know you got... Your body all oiled up, you're jacked, you're ready to go. It's just grease sweat, not oil, man. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I guess that oil is
1: just hamburger grease that you're rubbing all over yourself. But uh, (laughs) let's get into it, man. Let's uh, bring in our guest, Jacob, and thanks so much for doing this.
2: Oh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Real big fan of everything you guys are putting out and excited to come on here and talk about the hurricanes for a little bit.
0: Yeah, man, we're we're pumped about this. Um before we get uh, get into that, obviously we're in the middle of some pretty heavy social issues and a global pandemic. Uh how's life for you? How's how's everything in your neck of the woods?
2: You know, it's going. I've been working from home for like 5 months now and not being able to go anywhere kind of sucks, but it, you know, it's we're getting through it. You got to do what you got to do uh to try to help, you know, flatten the curve, whatever it is. And Yeah, so just pushing through and can't wait to have everything open back up again. How about you guys?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good out here, man. It's a little bit different out in Vancouver. I mean, we're starting to get a few different restrictions and stuff coming in, but uh, for the most part, we've been able to avoid it pretty well. I'm... uh, Actually make toilet paper for a living, so I'm
0: I'm a bit of a local hero. Mm. God amongst men. <laughs>
2: well, nice
0: man. Yeah, they're putting a statue up outside Rogers Arena. It's like Trevor Linden and then Brandon just back to back. It's 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 really impressive. Very <laughs> lifelike. I hope you got
2: a key to the city.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not a white towel, it's just uh you know, those, those toilet paper rolls.
2: Well, we might as well dive right into
0: this. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, man, they had a great regular season. Um, plenty of, of highs and lows this year. Now I, I, boiled it down to two. You had the Evgeny, or the Andrei Svechnikov, sorry, Evgeny is being his less talented brother. Andre Svechnikov's lacrosse school, international tour. And then you had uh, the EBUG legendary game with David Ayers. Uh, for you, what was the highlight of the year?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd have to agree with you. Those two, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Fetch pulling off the first ever lacrosse goal in the NHL is awesome to see, and he did it twice. And then David Ayers coming in and in a game that, you know, I think we were winning it at the time he came in, and then, you know, he steps in. And even as a fan sitting there watching the game, I was like, well, this is over. This is You yeah, got Toronto's offense playing against uh, – you know a Zamboni driver that plays local hockey it's it's going to be over quick this is going to get real ugly real fast and then somehow some way we end up playing better with David Ayers in that than we were before so I'd, it was crazy it was awesome to see and we got a bunch of you know David Ayers content coming out throughout the playoffs and stuff too that happened him cheering for us so that was awesome to see so i'd agree those two were probably the biggest moments and they got the Lacrosse Movement NHL 21 now so people can abuse that like they do the Forsberg <laughs> and <laughs> and it's it's been awesome. It's been definitely awesome to see, to watch
1: Man, one thing I find really interesting about Svechnikov is it just, he's got, you know, he's he's kind of set to be one of the premier power forwards in the league, but he's also, he's got these insane hands. I mean, I, I can't think of a power forward that could pull off the, the, the lacrosse move in, at game speed uh, uh, ever, even with, with the ability, maybe going back to Forsberg. I don't think Bertuzzi would have even had those hands. So, I mean, maybe I could just get your take on Svechnikov.
2: Being a guy that does like to, like you were saying, play that power forward kind of physical, Get in people's faces, agitate a roll, but then be able to turn around and pull off a slick move like that—it's it, awesome. And going against, uh, it gives defensemen a lot more to worry about because you gotta—you gotta, you gotta wonder—is this guy just gonna run me over, or if I try to play through that, you know, play through the puck or anything, is he just gonna dance around me? It—it it gives a lot for the other team to worry about, and I'm hoping that. You know, we get to see him do it for a long, long time in a hurricane sweater, but we'll see. It's been awesome. He's a
0: real, real talent. Obviously, the the team runs through him, and then obviously Sebastian Ajo as well. Uh, but talk about Toivo Teravainen. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but uh, this guy, watching him play, he's such a good passer. His vision is incredible, and yet nobody really talks about him. Uh, like discuss his uh, his impact on this club.
2: Yeah, he's definitely more. He's definitely a quieter guy. Uh, even you know, in the media interviews and everything like that, I think he's just kind of a quieter dude. And it translates to his play on the ice. He's everything's real solid. Even when he first came to the team, one of the first things I noticed about him was his great defensive play, which is I feel like uh, if that's the harder thing to ingrain in a player is that two hundred foot game versus, you know, go out there and make highlight plays. Everyone wants to do that. Not everybody always loves getting back and stick checking and back checking and playing 200 feet. So, yeah, he's just he's so he's so smart with the puck. He always he's always down to take that extra second to let the play develop in front of him and make the right pass, the right shot if he ever shoots. That's you know, a Hurricanes fans gripe with him is he almost Never takes the shot. It's a little frustrating sometimes, but he makes up for it. And, yeah, he's just – him and Ajo playing together, they just work together so well. They they don't even have to, you know, look at each other. Everything's just so unspoken. It's awesome. It's great to see. And he's a guy that I hope is, stays in a hurricane sweater for a long time too. I think he likes the culture here, likes the team here. So, yeah, I can't believe we uh, were able to steal him away from Chicago way back when.
1: <laughs> yeah, Chicago made a lot of really questionable moves to try and keep that core together that just hasn't really seemed to pan out. But, I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of beneficiaries across the league.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So the, the team got just about every available D-man at, at the deadline. Who's going to stay and, and who's going to go, do you think? I mean, we can safely assume that Slave and Hamilton, and, and Pesci are going to be untouchable. But uh, what about the rest?
0: Yeah, it's –
1: we've
2: got – some would say too many defensemen, but (laughs) um, it's – you know, I think it's going to come down to uh, guys like Shea and Gardner who both have like the, you know, four years, four-something million-dollar contracts, and they both kind of play the same role on a team, that left-handed defenseman that – some offensive flair that's a little questionable in their own zone will make some bonehead plays – and I'd like personally to see Shea stay. He's a little younger, he's bigger. I think he's a much better skater. And he, you know, he can play that run and gun that the Hurricanes like where the defenseman jump up, get down there, get low in the offensive zone, but then hustle back. And he has that speed to be able to get back on the defensive side of the puck. Flurry's also a guy that's been real impressive. Uh, we drafted him, You know, uh, what was that, 2014, I think. Yep. And he's finally just coming out of his shell. It feels like really starting to get those bigger time minutes, not getting, you know, because there was a point in time he was getting like, it's like eight minutes a night, it felt like. And there's no one that is going to be able to have success barely ever getting on the ice. So he's getting his time now. He's another big body that can skate. Maybe not the offensive powerhouse that we anticipated him being when we drafted him, but solid enough, solid at the blue line. And yeah, it's, it's going to be. I think Vatanen's gone. Um, and truthfully, you know, kind of looking into the system, I could see a guy like Jake Bean getting moved, too. But yeah, you know, like you were saying, with Slavin, Hamilton, Pesci, I would love to see Shea play on that left side of Pesci. And then that bottom pairing is, you know, Fleury and whoever else we go and pay out of free agency next year
0: i don't know <laughs> now, talk about slavin and pesci man because uh, out here in vancouver we don't see a lot of those guys we don't hear a lot about them and uh, obviously they're not these kind of sexy offensive defensemen either that we see a lot of around the league but everything i read about these guys analytically which i don't understand admittedly but even from the eye test watching slavin in the playoffs uh guy plays with a stick 100 miles long and then he he just positionally is so solid and uh I mean how much of an impact do those guys bring to the team maybe not so much on the score sheet but just with their play on ice
2: yeah I mean it's it's huge uh they're they're just so good at getting the puck out of the defensive zone which is I, I think just you know where their their greatness really lies more than you know the offensive numbers or anything it's just that they'll get the puck Uh, transition right back out of the defensive zone, make the right pass either in transition or skating in themselves and get the puck back on the offensive side. And it's huge, especially like a guy like Slavin playing with Hamilton who, you know, Hamilton loves to run up. He's going to shoot. He's going to get, go get his opportunities knowing that you have a guy like Slavin playing on his left side. You know, he's going to be back. He's going to be positionally responsible it's just, it's very reassuring, I think, to not only you know the other defensemen and forwards, but the goaltenders too, knowing that you got a guy like they're not going to be able to get the pass through as easily, so, just stuff like that that you can rely on him for is huge. Um, and you know, they're like you're saying, I've kind of given up on them ever being a Norris candidate. If I'm being honest, <laughs> they just don't have those offensive numbers, but. That, and, that, and honestly, that's okay. You know, it's Keep them low-key, keep them more like the if-you-know-you-know you know kind of players and let them just keep shutting down top lines left and right. and I'll be happy as a fan. But, yeah, they're just so solid. And that's what I like about having keeping a guy like Shea, another guy who's going to love to run up and get his chances, let Pesci be on his right side, staying back, holding it down defensively. And, yeah, it's just such a great – such a great balance, and such a tough thing to find. Uh, that just natural skating ability. That I do like. You can practice it, but to some level, I don't think you can teach it. Just being able to have that stride and those edges—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a real gift.
1: Just moving on to their goaltending. Do, do you think that there's a, any plan to to upgrade from Mrazic and Reimer into you know like a true number one in that position?
2: Um. Maybe. Uh, as far as doing it through free agency, I'm not sure. You know, uh, everyone kind of knows uh, the stigma around Dundon and his checkbook. But we, we've got uh, Nadalkovich, who has been in our uh, minor system for a while, won the Calder Cup with the checkers. He last year got a two-year contract, the first year being two-way and the second year being one-way. And with us only having Reimer for the this past year, I think he's probably going to walk and we're going to see uh, a Nedalkovic. Nadalkovich. I don't know if it's going to be 1A, 1B, or if Mrazik's going to be number one and Nadalkovich is going to... We're going to work him as the backup. But that's probably, for the near future, that's how I see us running it. As far as who the true number one's going to be, it's, it's still up in the air. You know, We still don't have really a guy in the system that you know everyone's like, this is the next one. Once he gets his chance, he's going to be one of the greatest or anything. So I don't know. I think we're going to keep this 1A, 1B until someone really, really steals the job, if I had to be honest. I think that's what it's going to have to take to for us to have the number one. Because I just don't see us going out and paying the big bucks like Florida did in the offseason to bring in the number one and you know, have it blow up in our face.
0: You mentioned Dundon and the tight pocketbook. There are some goaltenders going to be hitting free agency, uh, both this year and next. I mean, Robin Lehner mm-hmm. and Braden Holpe are going to be FAs this year, and then uh, next year, former Carolina seventh-round pick, Freddie Anderson, is going to be hitting uh, the open market in 2021. Do you think that Dundon would uh, would make an exception on the tight pocketbook if it meant signing kind of like a true number one goalie like a Leonard or a Holtby, or, or do you think that it's going to be all done from within?
2: I think if it made sense, um, he would. Because I will say that's the one place on the on-ice product I felt like he's been willing to spend the money. You know, he went out and made the trade uh, with Toronto to get to pay, basically pay the $6 million to get another first-round pick. Um matching the canadian's offer sheet even though that offer sheet was kind of a kind of a joke i it was cheaper than i thought ahu's deal was going to end <laughs> up being uh, and so i think we were happy to sign that but so i think if it makes sense if uh we're real big our front office is real big on the analytics side i don't know if you guys have heard uh, of eric tolsky he's like our pseudo assistant gm uh Head of a hockey operations guy, but he came from the uh, purely data analytics world, like outside of sports, and then fell in love with hockey. And I think he's been responsible for a, a lot of the success we've had on ice, bringing in guys that numerically fit the system, whatever that means. It's way above <laughs> what I understand, but I think if it makes sense, um, and you get a guy that doesn't want, you know, Bobrovsky money. That we would take that chance and bring him in and pay him the money he's asking for, but like with guys like Leonard and Holtby, I think just th- they're looking for their payday, and as they should, you know, they put the time in. Especially like Leonard, you see him bouncing around to a couple of different teams, playing well at all of them after Buffalo, and just they're looking like for the you know that their big payday. There's only get a couple of them in your career. And they deserve that money. I just don't think the Carolina will be the place where they they get it. Honestly,
1: kind of sounds like uh, your analytics guys, like the like John Jacob without the cheating.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I guess the the, the jury's still out. We'll see.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, uh, just moving on to coaching. I guess uh, when when I saw Rod get get picked up as coach by the Hurricanes, I was pretty skeptical. I mean, we've seen a lot of players turn coaches that fizzle out i mean wayne gretzky comes to mind patrick wall even though he did work his way up he had some success and seems like he was kind of a failure in colorado how did you see rod uh, Rod's success chances going in
2: well initially i have to say you know there's probably going to be hurricanes fans that can't believe this but i was very upset at us deciding to bring him on as head coach i felt like when dundon bought the team it was i was ready personally for uh you know, a big culture change. And then you saw the whole GM hiring debacle. And then we end up just promoting Don Waddell. And then we just, then I'm like, oh, so we're just going to bring in Rod, who was an assistant coach and promoted the head coach. And I just felt like there, there was no real change. It's going to be more of the same old, same old Hurricanes getting a 14th overall pick. Not bad enough to get a high pick, but not good enough to make the playoffs. And, I, you know, he proved me all the way wrong, and I couldn't be more happy about that. But the guys, I mean, the, the team loves him. He's come in, and I think they play their asses off for him. I mean, they just they would run through a wall for the guy if they had to. And I think he's a, a great uh, liaison to Dundon. I think Dundon listens to him, you know, believes in what Rod has to say. And, and you know, from what – this, you know, all the stories are, it's kind of a tough thing to do is get done to listen to you. So I, I, I could not be more happy at this point But what he's done to turn this team around. It's been great to watch.
0: Yeah, I feel like they probably, when they were looking for a coach, they're like, okay, Rod, we're going to have you uh, interview on, like, Thursday. And he just walked in and just a T-shirt, his arms jacked out of his <laughs> mind, veins popping. And he's like, you're going to give me that job. And they were probably like, yeah, yeah, we are. Say, oh, yeah, you're yeah,
2: right, you're right, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And Tom Dunham was like, yeah, I'll listen to you, Rob. Sure.
2: <laughs> Rob was like, we're going to have this interview in the weight room, guys. Everyone come
0: downstairs. <laughs> if you can beat me in a push-up contest, I, I won't take the job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but looking at the future for this club, there's so many, I mean, even, you know, I usually look at the last five years of drafting and that's, that's kind of a good indicator of where the team's headed. And uh, all the way back to 2014, you know, he had, uh, Hayden Fleury as you mentioned Nadelkovic mm-hmm. Warren Fogle aka McLovin uh, and then there was just a bunch of guys you know first round picks that that have hit um some you know Jake Bean's still trying to find his way but uh I mean I'm looking at just kind of past the first round there's not too many names that are jumping out to uh, who's in the system right now uh that that might be I got to keep an eye on here
2: um You know, we got to see him a little bit in the these past playoffs and at the end of the season this year. But Morgan Geek, he's a guy I'm real excited about. Not so much as you know, he's going to be a star in this league. Sort of excited, but just that real solid third and fourth line uh, center who's just going to do the dirty work, get the job done. He's not ever probably going to get the national recognition, but you know, he's going to win face offs. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to be able to take you know some defensive assignments against other top lines and he's right-handed which is something the hur i mean the hurricanes have almost they're better now but at one point williams was our only right-handed forward so that's always good to see uh, Jake Bean obviously we've got a young goaltender in russia uh, i cannot say his name but it's <laughs> it's uh it's starts with a k and it's uh, <laughs> Kachet's Kuchet, call. Kachet's call. I can't say it. It's was, it was just going to sound it sound offensive every time I try. But he's a guy I'm excited about. Just you know, like we were saying, Hurricanes don't have a number one goaltender, and any guy with even a glimmer of hope in that direction is you know going to excite me. Um, there's a kid named Steven Lorenz who was when we were in the bubble. He was one of our black ace guys that were uh, there in case anyone got injured. And he's a guy that reminds me of that Warren Fogle uh, style player, as far as intensity and speed and just straight line play. But I think his hands are a lot better because I don't know if you guys how much Hurricanes hockey you guys get to watch. But Fogle kind of he gets a little spazzy on the ice, almost like (laughs) his mind is working a lot faster than his hands and feet are, and he'll you know sometimes just some plays will just kind of bungle him a little bit. And a guy like Lorenz, I could see playing that, you know, high high intensity role, but just with the hands to back it up. So he's a guy I'm excited about. And then um, over in Finland, we have a guy named Patrick Puistola, yep. which I am only fifty percent sure that's how you say his <laughs> last name. But he's playing in the Finnish men's league, uh, which is awesome, and getting you know, getting time against men as opposed to in the junior leagues. And he's another right-handed guy with real slick hands and a real great shot that I could see almost ended up like a like a Tara Vine style player, where you know it's it's all just real heady plays that keep him a uh, step in front of everybody more so than physical because he's a, he's a smaller guy as well. But those are guys that I'm personally real excited about. And uh, Dominic Bach, who we got back in that Justin Falk trade from St. Louis. He's another guy. He's over there in Germany right now. That I'd be, I'd be excited to see. He's kind of a big body, power forward style player. That I mean would be awesome if he worked out for us. If he get, if he could come over and put up thirty a year, it would be real swell.
1: The the Hurricanes are almost starting to seem a bit like the Nashville Predators of of last decade, where they're just so strong on D that they can constantly deal away at that position to kind of shore up everywhere else.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I was saying, you know, at the at the beginning, a guy like uh, Jake Bean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved because, you know, we've got guys that we know can play at the NHL level, and hmm. I mean, as much as it kind of sucks to say, Jake Bean still is only potential as far as NHL-caliber uh, defensemen go, and he might get moved just because if his rookie contract comes up and, you know, we have we don't see a place for him in the top four, and... I could see him getting moved, so always good to be able to deal from a position of strength.
1: I just wanted to ask you, like what, what do you think the missing pieces are that the Hurricanes need to be a true cup contender?
2: I think we need more goal scores, truthfully. Like the only guys I could think of that I would say are goal scores for us would be Svetch and Aho. Um I think we were hoping we were hoping to get a little more out of the single this year and I was fine with his play, but he didn't have the point production to you know, really justify calling him a goal scorer. So, and you're looking at our series against Boston, that's what it it comes down to. We get some chances and we couldn't bury them. And we just, you know, guys, teams like Boston don't miss those chances. You know, you only get so many a game and you have to finish them. And I think that's honestly where we're lacking. We got a lot of, we have a lot of talent and just, I just don't feel like the finishing ability is there. And obviously, a, a true number one would be true number one goaltender would be nice as well, but almost even before that, I would want more. Just I mean, goal scores, as kind of cliche as that may sound.
0: Is there any truth to the internet rumors that I read about with Tom Dundon, where he's not paying his scouting department, and he's he's kind of saying you know you can watch the game from home and and that kind of thing, or? Is that all just stuff made up in uh, in internet land?
2: I, that's the thing I've been wondering myself, honestly. You know, I see all the, the <laughs> reports coming out, and as a fan of the team, you're going, like, you know, Dundon has not been the kindest to, uh, you know, auxiliary employees of the Hurricanes. You saw, like, uh, Chuck Caton, the radio guy here forever, got the boot, and then John Forslund got the boot, and... Don Waddell didn't have a contract just all that stuff you know you're looking at it and to say you'd be surprised that he wasn't that he was going to cut the scouting department I think would be a little disingenuous as a fan but then on the other side, I play uh floor hockey with a bunch of the guys who work in the uh, in the front office of the hurricanes and from what you know I'm hearing from them is that's not true but you know then you see all these reputable reporters and it's like Am I just talking to some guy at the bottom of the totem pole who says he's in the front <laughs> office and this and this reporter's getting the real scoop or what's really going on here? Um, but I really hope not, because smaller market teams, you're you gotta build through the draft because you're just you don't have the cachet to pull in those huge big name free agents. You don't typically have the pocketbook to pay all these free agents to come in. So you gotta be able to get these guys on rookie deals that can, you know, come out and put quality, uh, a quality product on the ice. So if you're cutting down the scouting department, I mean, that's all of our guys, Slavin, Pesci, Aho, you know, every feels like everyone has been like a late round gem that's now a big part of our team. And you want to see that continue because that's how you can get a step ahead. If you can get, you know, two, three guys, NHL caliber out of every draft, whereas most teams can only get one or two, you're already kind of a step ahead, in my opinion. And I would—I don't know why, as the owner, you would want to jeopardize that at all. I mean, that's literally the only way you're going to make money is quality on ice products. So I hope not. But like I said, I would, wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, you're talking to like the guy that like is the parking attendant at the arena. He's like, no, no, I haven't heard anything about that. No, no. no <laughs> yeah. No.
2: yeah. <laughs> He's like, trust me, I'm on the inside, man. I, I'd let you know. I'm like, oh, cool, dude. I see him, I see him out there collecting the parking the parking passes. I'm like, oh, well, ooh, I don't know if I got the best information.
1: You don't think that the media would ever try and stir up controversy, do you? Oh
2: no, no, they're, they're nothing nothing but above the above the table. All just the facts. The media, <laughs> That's right. nothing, no
0: hyperbole with the media. Integrity. <laughs>
1: Well, Jacob, man, I think that's probably a perfect place to end. it. Where, where could people find you and that listen to the Talking Sauce podcast?
0: Yeah,
2: uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter, Instagram, everything at Talking Sauce Pod, um, Talking Sauce podcast. You know, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can get us. And uh, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. I definitely love listening to your guys' stuff, and we definitely need to get you on an episode of Talking Sauce.
0: Yeah, man. We. Uh, I, I... I listen to you guys all the time, dude. You guys are just hilarious, great podcast to listen to on a Monday. If you need a a good laugh and then some hockey info, talking to us, man. It's uh, it's been great having you on. And I wish you guys all the best and and your success with your own show.
2: You guys too, man. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks again, Jacob,
1: for coming on the show. From Ryan and Brandon, we'll catch you next time on the Hockey Minute. We'd like to take a second to
0: thank you, the listener, for joining us. And a big thanks goes to our writers and production team, Jules, Mark, and Matt. We couldn't do this without you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Hockey Minute, as well as leaving voicemails on our anchor page, at Hockey Minute. And always make sure to subscribe to whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. That's going to do it for us. This is Brandon and Ryan. We'll talk to you next time on The Hockey Minute.